I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 162, in which I welcome August. And I am recording this on, is it Tuesday? Wednesday. It's Wednesday, August 6, 2014. And you'll find out why I'm still confused about what day it is in a little bit. I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. Welcome to any new listeners. And thank you for your patience, as it has been several weeks since I podcasted last. But then again, I warned you that was going to happen. So um, we're hopefully pretty much back in the saddle for a while. I don't travel again until... Well, other than some personal stuff, but um, not traveling again for work until mid to late September. Uh, and then I'm kind of on the road again, on again, off again quite a bit. So the fall's going to get a little sketchy, but I should still be able to keep posting about once a week through all of that because most of my travel is over weekends. Um, so anyway, on to this episode. I've got a couple of announcements, then I've got some Sandy update, um, some of which does actually have to do with if not actual quilting, at least with quilty stuff. Um, I will be talking a little bit about my trip, about some personal stuff that happened. So um, there may be some stuff you just want to fast forward through if you're not interested in that. But anyway, uh, let me start with the announcements. I have posted the official blog post, as has Tanisha of Crafty Garden Mom Podcast. We have both now officially launched the Band Books Week Challenge. Um, this is our third annual. This is, seems to be becoming a thing. Um, it is in uh, honor of, in observance of, I don't know quite what the right terminology is, for Banned Books Week here in the United States. And I did get an email from a Canadian listener about it that I will be sharing some information with you later about how Canada addresses uh, banned and challenged books. Uh, but in any case, we'll talk more about that later. But do go to either Tanisha or my blogs and you will find information about the challenge. It's, you know, we officially launched the information now so that you can get ready. Band Books Week itself is not until September 21st through 27th. So you've got a little bit of time. Uh, but do make sure you check out our blogs. We've got links to where you can find all the lists of banned and challenged books here in the United States. And um, now that I've got some information about Canada, I might add that as well. I do have a question for you. Um, I'm putting this in the announcements section so it didn't get buried in my Sandy update. If you recall, Charlotte of Scrapitude fame has talked about she kind of wants to start selling patterns for scrap quilts, one of which would be Scrapitude. So I will be taking Scrapitude down at the end of August. I thought I'd be getting it down before I went away. I wasn't able to make that happen. I'm going to be taking it down at the end of August, which is actually good timing because you'll start getting a little teaser here and there about the new Scrap Mystery Quilt by Charlotte. Uh, we're going to be posting fabric requirements and cutting instructions sometime in the fall. And then the mystery quilt instructions and piecing themselves would start in January 2015. But related to that, Charlotte had planned on working through one company um, to sell her pattern. She's now no longer sure she wants to go that route. 
and she's kind of back to doing research and trying to figure out how best to do this. Um, I've never sold a pattern, so I am not able to advise her in that regard. I can advise her as a an occasional pattern buyer, but I asked her if she would like me to ask for the wisdom of any of my listeners, and she was very interested in me doing that. So if any of you have sold patterns, and I certainly know some of you do because I've bought a couple of them, if you could share with me, um, probably in an email, if not in a comment, only because of length, if you could email me and then I can forward it on to Charlotte, that might be the simplest. Um, again, my email is sandyquilts at sandy, uh, <laughs> sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. Um, and just any wisdom you may have about selling patterns. Is it better to go through a company? Is it better to do online? Um, I'm aware of a couple of places where you can buy uh, patterns online, such as Craftsy, a couple others. So just what other information you might want to have to offer for, for her. If you had any books or websites that you found particularly useful as you were doing your own research of giving information about how to's, let me know. I found one book in Amazon that I sent her a link to, um, but it was kind of an older book. So I said she might want to make sure she looks for updated information. So in any case, any wisdom you may have to share with me, I can then share with her about how, what are just words of wisdom about selling your own patterns. Um, just let me know. I hope I made all that clear. <laughs> I'm not entirely firing on all burners yet. Um, and I'll talk about that in just a minute. So anyway, that was my question from Charlotte and the Band Books Week Challenge. Those were both my announcements. Um, hmm, it's almost September. I think that means we must have another checkpoint for the 2014 Quilty Resolution. So I'll start looking at getting my blog post together for that. Although I think in the past, I've usually let you go till the end of the month. I think September would be a quarter month, but I might let you go to the end of September. I don't really remember how I've done it in the past. I have talked about the fact that I believe in a medical dictionary somewhere, the post-national board meeting amnesia disorder is actually listed. Because <laughs> um, it happens to me every year. Whenever I come back from my organization's national board meeting meetings, I can't remember a darn thing I did before, <laughs> so you're, you're getting to share in that experience with me. So anyway, I don't remember what I did about the check-in last time. I will refresh my memory and I'll do about the same thing this time. But for those of you who are doing the 2014 Quilty Resolutions, uh, just be aware we're coming up on another quarter fairly soon, so you might want to pay attention to that. Okay, enough of announcements. Let me talk a little bit about Sandy Update. First of all, yes, I was gone to our um, national summer event and then immediately followed by our national board meetings. The event went well. There were several, you know, logistical background kind of glitches where the conference center wasn't getting me stuff where it was supposed to be when it was supposed to be there and I had to keep going down and rattling cages. Um, there's a whole lot of reasons why that was, so I won't go into that here, but the good thing was nobody else knew any of that what's going on. I was the only one that was, you know, down in officers, offices, making phone calls. Where are the tables? Where are the chairs? Where are the microphones that we were supposed to have? All that, that kind of stuff. Um, to all of the people participating, hey, it went smoothly. And that was my job. <laughs> so that was okay. Um, I put in, I, you know, I got a whole lot of steps on my Fitbit during those events, but I always do. So that wasn't a big deal. And um, I was actually rooming with a friend of mine. So although we did stay up 
far too late chatting a couple of nights. Um, you know, that was more restful than if I was staying with somebody I didn't know well. So that, that went well. Um, our board meetings were pretty good. Uh, they went fairly smoothly. And I have some kind of nice, surprising new things that have now been added to my task list. Things that, yeah, they're going to keep me busy, but they're cool things that I really enjoyed doing. So in that regards, that was good. Um, I did still have some leftover July weirdisms. I, you know, I talked before about July and how much I was just looking forward to being over. It really was a month just filled with one little nitinoid thing, as a friend of mine says, going wrong after another. N you know, not any one of them in and of themselves a huge deal, but just the, the constant, you know, it's like the raindrops on a rock. It's just constant. It's going on. It's wearing you down. Um, so that was really annoying. But I didn't have any meltdowns. I mean, I, I was fully in professional mode at that point and just dealing. You know, I was just getting through it. Um, and fortunately only a couple of those things happen in public, although when it happens in public, that does make it kind of a bigger deal, <laughs> stuff that's, you know, pointed out as, hey, that's wrong, and everybody can see that it's wrong, but in that regard, it's still, all in all, it was mostly good stress, that all went well, it all happened, it's done, and I got to go home. My big mistake was getting in my car to come home. So that was when things really crashed and burned, was that drive home. Now, mind you, I have made this trip, um... The, our, our denominational conference center is in Wisconsin, and for many years, that was the only place we ever had our summer events. So, And plus, when I was in college, I worked up there one summer. When I was in high school, I went up there for youth events, that kind of thing. So I've been there a gazillion times over my lifetime. And ever since I could drive, I've driven there because I don't like flying. And half the time when I'm driving, I'm bringing a whole lot of stuff, so I can't fly. So anyway, I've driven there dozens of times. And I always say it's 12 to 14 hours, depending on traffic around Chicago. Now, when I was a kid, well, I shouldn't say when I was a kid, when I was younger, I used to do that all in one day. I would start out way early in the morning and get in in the evening and be fine. I stopped doing that to myself <laughs> probably about mm, 12 years ago or so. I just decided, why am I doing that? You know, it's just really tiring. And the older you get, the harder it is to do that. Um, so now I always stay overnight halfway, which generally is, is in the Toledo area. On the way there, I actually pushed myself further because I had to get there earlier on Saturday. So I drove as far as Elkhart, Indiana, which from my house is about, that's about 10 hours, nine hours, nine hours, I guess. Um, so that I had a much shorter drive the second day. And I didn't really hit any traffic jams all the way there. Weather was fine. Everything was fine. Um, got into... Actually, I got into the conference center an hour earlier than I had expected to because I totally forgot about the time change. <laughs> but I was like, okay, great. I'm going to get there right at about 1.30. I better stop for lunch because the cafeteria will be closed. I'm sitting down to eat lunch in a, a Culver's, which, by the way, if you can ever eat a butter burger at Culver's, <laughs> I, I don't have Culver's where I live. They're only kind of a Midwest thing and particularly like northern Midwest from what I can tell. But when I go to Wisconsin, I stop at a Culver's. Um, and the words Butterburger, that just means, I think it's the roll, has is like a butter bread kind of thing. It's not like they slather butter on the burger. Anyway, I digress. So I had decided I would stop for a Butterburger at Culver's um, in a town that's maybe 45 minutes south of the, the conference center. And I'm sitting and I'm eating and I'm reading my Kindle and I glance at my clock and all of a sudden I realize what time it was. And I was like, oh, I just gained an hour. <laughs> 
totally lost track. So I got to the conference center in plenty of time. And in fact, the cafeteria was still open when I was there, but I did not stop for lunch. Anyway, um, it, it, the trip home was the issue. And, and we had people flying home and they all got stuck in airports. I mean, it was just a mess because I came home last week, Friday to Saturday. And that was when the whole, from pretty much from Milwaukee all the way through to Buffalo, everything surrounding the Great Lakes was just socked in with thunderstorms, just socked in. And so a lot of people's flights were delayed and we were, you know, people were messaging on Facebook back and forth. Some people got stuck overnight. It was just a mess. Um, And I was driving through it. Bully. So I got into my first major traffic jam the first day, about 45 minutes into my trip. The first day I was only going from Milwaukee to Shipshawana, Indiana, which should have only been, I think it should have only been about four hours. And it took me six and a half to get there. And that was just one big traffic jam on the outskirts of Chicago. I wasn't even going through Chicago. This was along the outside edge of it. And I don't even remember. There was some rain at that point. Um, I didn't hit the rain until later into that traffic jam. So that was just sheer construction and Friday afternoon traffic. Uh, So I got into Shipshawana only 20 minutes before Lolly's closed. (laughs) And that's what I kept looking at my clock. Am I going to make it before Lolly's closed? And I got there 20 minutes before it closed. Now, as I had mentioned in a... um, I think, I don't know if I'd mentioned this in the last podcast episode. I know I did blog about it. Uh, I had a near miss at a meetup with a listener, but unfortunately it wasn't able to work out. It was um, Lori of Litter (laughs) Dimververming, our friend on Twitter. And um, she was going to actually drive three hours up to Shipshawana to see if she could meet me. But then my schedule, I ended up getting out of the meetings later than I thought. And she wasn't able to get up there, you know, the time I was going to be there. So we ended up bagging that. And actually, and then when I got home, I found a Facebook message that I hadn't seen from another listener who actually lived fairly close to Shipshawana who wanted to do a meetup. And I hadn't even seen that before I left. But um, so I was sorry to miss that one too. But I'm actually glad I hadn't decided anything since I was so late getting into Shipshawana. It would have really stressed me out to think that people were there waiting for me. And as it was, it was just me. You know, I was like, oh, okay, I'm I'm here later than I wanted, but I can still get into Lolly's. I can still have my nice dinner at the Blue Gate restaurant. And the Blue Gate, not gourmet, but wow, that first bite of real mashed potatoes is really almost a religious experience in and of itself. It was, I took my first bite and I was like, oh yes, this is what I was waiting for. Um, I think I just had chicken and noodles and mashed potatoes and corn. I mean, we're talking real basic meat and potatoes kind of meal, but oh, that was tasty. Of course, I was ready for a nap afterwards and I still had to drive to Toledo, but that's another another thing altogether. Um, And I'll talk in a minute about what I got at Lolly's, but it it was nice to just get out of the car and wander around a little bit. And then by the time I was driving on to Toledo, most of the traffic was gone at that point because it was later on Friday evening. So I didn't really have any trouble going from Shipshawana to um, actually Maumee, which is outside of Toledo is where I stood overnight. So get into my hotel room Friday night. And all I'm thinking is I don't have to be on the road at any particular time tomorrow morning. You know, it's only going to be about a six and a half hour drive home. So I can leave whenever I want. I'm going to just relax over my morning coffee. Famous last words. I woke up in the morning to find a flyer under the door don't drink the water. It may be toxic. And oh, by the way, boiling makes it worse. <laughs> so 
I had already started my coffee. I could smell it and I had to dump it down the sink. I was heartbroken. And I was like, yeah, okay, this, this is just some keeping. Now, mind you, this was a mild annoyance for me. I ended up having to leave the hotel and drive as far as I could before I could have my breakfast and my morning coffee. But I feel terrible for the people that are in Toledo and some of whom I think are still dealing with this. I'm, I'm not entirely sure as of this recording that they've lifted the water ban yet, but I, I should double check that. I know they thought they'd be able to lift it Sunday and they weren't able to, so it went into Monday. I feel terrible. And it's for those of you who international folks who may not have heard the news, it's because of an algae bloom on um, the Great Lake from which they their water refineries get their, or their water, um, whatever they're called, places get their water from. Um, and there's all sorts of theories about why this algae bloom happened, et cetera, et cetera. So it's been kind of this long, big conversation now about environmentalism <laughs> and other things. Um, so anyway, I feel I'm I feel terrible for y'all that couldn't just drive out of it. I was able to drive out of it. Uh, so then I got to a rest area a little bit west of Cleveland, but at that point I figured I was probably far enough out because they had, you know, the traffic or the water advisory had listed where, you know, what counties were affected and what areas. And I figured I was, I knew I was pretty much west of that at that point. And I drove through more traffic jams, more torrential downpour. It was just... That was a long drive because I also didn't have any coffee or breakfast at that point. Finally got into a rest area. And just as I walk in, the heavens open and it's now from heavy rain. It is torrential downpour. You can't see three feet out of the windows. It was incredible. And of course, what that meant is a whole lot of people were pulling off and going into this rest area. So they were getting just packed, slammed. And it's about... 10 30 11 on a saturday morning so it's probably not a time that they normally experience high volume and they like i said just slammed with people now i got in they had a burger king i got in line at the burger king i was only about 10 people back and i thought okay well this is kind of a longer line that i normally deal with but i'm looking there's lines everywhere so i knew i wasn't going to do any better anywhere else it took me at least 20 minutes before they get got to me which is really slow for a fast food place just to place an order they weren't even giving people food there they were simply taking the orders and then they moved you a few steps to the right and you wait in another line to get your order i was in that line for another 20 minutes it was ridiculous and now i will give all of us customers credit we were all being patient everybody was trying to be zen everybody was kind of looking at each other and smiling you could see we were all making this concerted effort not to just start getting really really rigged but by the end of that 20 minutes i tell you if they hadn't called my number soon i was going to start climbing over that counter because you could tell it wasn't even like they were hurrying i don't know what was going it was the most poorly managed burger king i've ever seen they were pulling out one thing at a time and it was like really you can't speed it up a little bit so anyway so 40 minutes to get my breakfast that of course I only ate in about five and then I think I hadn't ordered a coffee because at least I'd had the common sense to say I'm going to keep it as simple as I can (laughs) at this Burger King since it seems to be taking long so I just gotten an orange juice there and there was a Starbucks and I'd kind of said to myself well you know I'll go through and I'll treat myself to a nice Starbucks drink of some sort so when I after I ate breakfast I went over I get in the Starbucks line which is now about 25 people deep I only made it about a minute and a half I'm like a bag it I can't do this so then I looked around the only place without a line 
was a Cinnabon um, place, which is all cinnamon rolls. And so I decided, okay, I can go there just to get coffee. And there were like two people in line in front of me. So I'm waiting in line and I hear her say to the woman right in front of me something that sounds an awful lot like she might be out of coffee. Now at this point, I'm starting to, <laughs> to get a little edgy, perhaps. But I get up and I, I said, all I want is, can you just give me a large coffee? And she looks at me and, she, and she's this high school girl. She looks at me with these big eyes and she says, oh, I don't know if I've got enough. I said, I will take whatever you've got. Just give me whatever you've got. I'll pay you whatever you want me to pay you. Just give me whatever you've got. So she pulls it out and she says, yes, she did have just enough left for a large coffee. And I look behind me and there's like three people in line behind me and I'm, I'm feeling really bad. But at this point, it was every woman for herself. I'm like, give me the coffee. So she gives me the coffee and I'm trying to, again, reclaim my, my Zen and my, so I start trying to joke around with her a little bit and I smiled and I said, boy, you guys really weren't prepared for all this rain to, to slam you with customers, huh? And she goes, no, my manager wasn't prepared to hire enough staff and I'm the only person here. And she starts going off and I'm, I'm like, okay, keep the smile on your face. Just give me my coffee. Get out of here. And so I tried to, you know, I commiserated with her briefly while I'm giving her my change. And I like grab my coffee and go. I felt bad because, you know, yes, I should have been present in the moment with her and maybe do a little counseling. But I figured the best thing I could pull out of myself at that point was not to just grab the coffee directly out of her hands and try to inject it into my veins. So anyway, I moved on. I have no idea if I left a riot behind me in the line because there's no more coffee left. So I left immediately into a traffic jam, immediately into another torrential downpour from Toledo, Toledo to Cleveland, which normally is under two hours. It's like about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. Took me over three hours just to get that far. So then I get to the other side of Cleveland. For those of you locals, I'm in the express lanes 271, which kind of come, I think I come up and around the north side of the city. But then they turn into express lanes and start to merge back into Interstate 90, which is the expressway Then I take all the rest of the way home. As the express lanes end, and, and I was going a good clip through Cleveland. That was the only place I really made any decent time at all. I see the lanes start to merge. I know I'm going to have to get off of this and get onto I-90. And all I can see are taillights of stop dead traffic just beyond, kind of right where that merges. And I'm thinking, I just drank a large coffee. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way... I can get stopped in a traffic jam right now. So I'm just then coming up and there's one of those access lanes that really it's illegal to use <laughs> to go from one from the express lanes into the regular lane. But, you know, there's like four of us that start shimming off the express lanes early because right in front of where the traffic jam stops, there's an exit and you can get off. And so there were several of us that just kind of pulled off and pulled across all those lanes of traffic and got off that exit. And I just, I stopped and I got gas because I was at about half a tank. And again, I'm thinking, I have no idea how long I'm going to be in that traffic jam. Don't want to be worried about gas. So I filled up my gas and then I decided I might as well stop for lunch. There's a Cracker Barrel right here. Mind you, I really don't like Cracker Barrel, but any port in a storm. So I go into Cracker Barrel. I have my lunch and it actually wasn't too bad. I had fish. It wasn't bad. Use the bathroom, all that kind of stuff. Now, it hadn't been raining when I went into Cracker Barrel, so whatever spate of optimism possessed me I did not bring my umbrella in with me by the time I'm ready to leave Cracker Barrel it is again torrential downpour I'm not talking just a hard rain I'm talking you can't see across the parking lot my car was parked on the far side of the parking lot 
and and I sat there for a minute thinking, do I just sit here and wait it out? But I figured this was the same storm I had just driven through. It wasn't going to end anytime soon. So I thought, well, how wet can I really get running to my car? I, I, I was maybe four seconds, maybe four seconds running through that rain to get to my car. I have a push button lock, so it automatically unlocks as soon as my hand hits the handle. I don't have to fumble with keys or anything. Throw open the car door, jump in the uh, driver's seat, close the door. I am drenched. It's like I jumped in a pool fully clothed. It was that wet. I've got water running down everywhere. I can see when I'm sitting, I can see water just pooling up and out of my jeans. I'm just drenched. And I'm thinking, there ain't no way I'm sitting in a traffic jam like this. So now I'm in the middle of a parking lot. I've got cars parked on one side of me, an empty spot on the other side of me. And there's cars driving by because I'm facing the very major road that this Cracker Barrel is off. And I'm thinking, can they actually see in my car? And I finally decided... I don't care. Dignity no longer matters. I had a hoodie sweatshirt zip-up hoodie in the front seat that I'd taken off earlier. I whip off my shirt. I throw on the sweatshirt, zip it up. Then I notice there are people in the car next to me. I'm thinking, crud. But fortunately, that car was backed in, so their back seat was equal to where my front seat was, and it was on the opposite side, so the passenger seat was between. And I think it was only little kids in there, and the windows seemed a little steamy, so I figured if they did see anything, they probably couldn't really understand what it was they were seeing. But then I'm sitting there going, okay, the top half of me now, relatively okay, I could probably get away with driving like this. But my jeans are still soaked, (laughs) and I'm thinking, okay, I've got luggage in the far back, I've got a clean pair, or not clean, they were dirty, there's a reason I wasn't wearing them that day, but they're dry. Do I climb over the seat? Yes, I'm going to climb over the seat. So now I spend the next 10 minutes (laughs) climbing over the seat into the back to get a, a dry pair of jeans. Decide to get all the way back up. I debated changing the back seat, figured that wouldn't really work. So I go up into the front seat again. I'm sitting in my driver's seat and then somebody pulls in next to me. And I'm like, great. And now there's a woman sitting in the passenger side of their car, not a foot and a half away from my window. And I sat there for a minute thinking, can she see? Can she see if I start stripping out of my jeans? So I decided to see if I could outweigh them because I figured they were either going to turn around and leave again or try to brave the run into Cracker Barrel. At that point, they did decide to run into Cracker Barrel. So the minute she got out of the car and was out of sight, I quickly shimmied out of my jeans and into the new pair. And again, I, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking, I don't care if people who are driving by on that road can see me. They don't know me. For, <laughs> they're never going to see me again. I, again, no dignity at this point. So, and then I take one of my um, semi-dry t-shirts and I'm like drying out my hair. <laughs> it was just ridiculous how wet I got. So I decide, okay, I'm, I'm good to go. Get back on the expressway. And of course, the traffic jam has not changed. I sat in traffic for 90 mile, 90 minutes to go two miles. That's how bad that jam was. I mean, it just was not going anywhere. And I was listening to podcasts and um, great courses, but periodically the rain got so hard I had to turn it off because I couldn't hear anything. So it was not the most exciting of trips either. Um, so anyway, after once I got through that traffic jam, I didn't really hit any other bad jams. So, you know, a few slowdowns here or there, but that particular jam was so bad because they took four lanes of traffic. So where the express lanes were coming into 90 plus 90 itself, which is, you know, I think it might have actually even been five lanes of traffic all in. And they were narrowing it down into one. 
and they didn't really give a lot of warning. It's not like they merged one over and then, you know, half a mile later, merged two. They let you go all the way up to a certain point and then all of a sudden kind of merged it all together. So it was just a mess. It was ridiculous. Anyway, um, after that, didn't have too many other problems with traffic jams. Did have a lot more rain, just a lot more rain. Um, almost got in a car accident. The only place where I got close to being in an accident was um, kind of just over the New York border, south of Buffalo. The The expressway kind of goes through this lower area there, and this lake just appeared in the middle of the expressway, and everybody slammed on their brakes, because on one, one lane, lower cars probably would have had problems getting through it. I had just started to pull out and around a car, so I was just starting to pull into the left lane, when all of a sudden I noticed everybody's brake lights are on, so I had to kind of swerve a little bit more to my left to avoid hitting the person in front of me. Um, it wasn't too bad. I didn't. I don't think I even actually had to come to a full stop. I was able to kind of right myself and come back around, but I was keeping an eye on my rearview mirror because we were the first. We we're the lead edge of that particular set of traffic, and I kept an eye on my rearview mirror. I'm pretty sure somebody actually spun out behind us. Because it looked to me like suddenly this whole mass of traffic that was behind us coming along, you know, at the same speed as we were, suddenly stopped and we were still going. So I, I'm hoping it wasn't a bad accident, but I strongly suspect somebody right behind us did spin out. Um, and then I get to the last traffic rest area that I usually stop at on the way home is a little bit south of Buffalo. It's about 90 minutes between there and home. So if I've got to stop, that's going to be the place I stop. Um, for the last, you know, pit stop that I have to make. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm in the, the home stretch, 90 minutes. I think I'll wait till I get home because I'm getting close to dinner time. I'll wait till I get home and just grab whatever I can at home. Sitting in the bathroom stall, the power goes out. Complete black, <laughs> complete pitch black. And it was weird because, you know, in the movies when that kind of thing happens, oh, everybody screams and you've got all this chaos. Well, actually it went dead silent. Nobody said a word. It was the weirdest thing. It was sort of like everybody was sitting there going, uh, does anybody else see what just happened? Now, fortunately, I don't know that it stayed out maybe a minute. It was not long when the generators kicked in, um, but it was just strange. And it was so pitch black in the restroom, you know, quite literally could not see the hand in front of my face. It was weird. Um, but I decided at that point, probably I was in one of the safest places to be because I'm kind of enclosed in this nice little stall in the dark. Uh, so anyway, that was the last hurrah those storms gave me <laughs> as, as I'm going home. At that point, I'm like, just get me in my car, get me home. I'm not stopping. I'm not doing anything. I walked in my door that day. I was about three and a half hours later than I expected to be. I expected to be home late afternoon and I wasn't home until early evening. Um, so again, normally I say this trip is 12 to 14 hours, depending on how you hit traffic around Chicago. It took me almost 20 hours all in, 19 and a half about. So I was either five and a half or seven and a half hours longer than usual. Um, I, I was not the last person from our boards to make it home, but I was close to one of the last. Cause like I said, a lot of people got held up about the people who were flying. So I've spent the rest of this week, I got, you know, Sunday was a pajama day, did not do much at all other than read and did a little blogging and stuff, but really just laid low. Um, went back to work Monday. I'm holding off. I do get one comp day and I'm taking it next Monday because my husband is taking me away this weekend to, um, for us to finally kind of reconnect and remember who each other are. Uh, so I've 
finally been able to get off my sleeping pills that I'd been taking almost the whole month of July. Um, I, I'm, it's taking me a while to catch up because I've really, I've got a month long sleep deficit. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, but I'm sleeping really well now, which is really good. I honestly became somebody I didn't even recognize in July. I, I had anxiety issues in a huge way. I normally can handle things. I, I was just in meltdown mode several times and really hated feeling like that. Um, I'm still overwhelmed with the amount I've got going on for work, but it's familiar and manageable stress. I can deal with it. I know how to deal with that. I've dealt with it before. Um, and it's only the one thing. I don't have all this other stuff happening at the same time. So it's it's just, I can deal with that. Once I decide to turn off my computer for the day, I'm done. I can worry about other things I, or I can handle other things, not have to worry about stuff. I've... <laughs> I think I blogged a little bit about Rescue Remedy that I'd started using. I can't say that it really helped a lot, but who knows how bad I would have been had I not been using it. It's an herbal anti-anxiety type thing that you can use. Um, I did buy the Pet Rescue Remedy, and I've been using it with Spencer, with my freaky dog. Because um, July really threw her off, too, between being in the kennel for five days, which completely flipped her out. And then both dogs came home a little bit sick. They kind of had colds coming home. And with the painters around and then um, the fact that they had just only been home less than a week before I took off, you know, so it just, it was a rough month for her too. And then we had all these thunderstorms. So she's been using some rescue remedy and she's finally sleeping a lot too. Um, so that's my personal update. Now you don't have to ever hear about any of that stuff again. I did get to Lolly's and I did, um, I I think I posted a picture of what I bought there on my blog somewhere. I just, I only picked up a few things because I'm really not into buying fabric right now. Um, I'm into using what I've got and hand dyeing, but I'm not really into buying commercial fabric. So I bought a craft, no, a crib size um, package of Quilter's Dream cotton batting because I've never used Quilter's Dream before. And I've heard some people, you know, an occasional teacher will talk about that's all she uses so I thought okay worth using and, and it wasn't a bad price I think I paid nine dollars for the package so I thought that would be something I could at least test out and see how I liked it I had also heard good things about Roxanne's marking pencils and um, they had packages there so I picked up a package of those I think there's two silver and two white and I've just been using you know now that I'm doing a lot more free motion quilting and kind of art quilting and stuff I've, I've been marking some things here and there, more sketchy marking, just kind of giving myself somewhere to aim rather than an exact design to follow. But anyway, I have been testing out different marking um, pencils, so I'm looking forward to trying those out as well. I got a new little trial size bottle of Mary Ellen's Best Press because those are great for traveling. I, I use Mary Ellen's Best Press in the jug in my um, quilt studio, but I do have the trial size body, uh, body, trial size bottle in my uh, retreat kit, my tackle box that I carry. And I'm almost out of what I had. Now I do just refill that bottle with uh, stuff for my jug, but this was a different scent, this particular one that I bought. So I thought it would be an easy way for me to test a new scent. I don't remember, tea garden maybe? Although it's not rose. I'm not a fan of rose. I don't remember what this, I'm looking at the picture and I, it's not big enough for me to see what the, the name of the scent is. I did pick up two charm packs, which I really debated doing because I really don't need any more charm packs or five inch squares. I've got a boatload, but this was um, Moda's uh, Morris Modernized. It's their William Morris line, but it's it's a new version of it. 
And I just love William Morris and I love that style of art. And so I, I decided, okay, I'll pick up a couple of charm packs. And I bought two because a lot of charm pack patterns, things geared at charm packs actually do require two. Um, so I picked up two of those. And that's that's actually all I got, I think, um, at Lolly's. Like I said, not much. And I only had 20 minutes. But it was nice just to kind of walk around and pet fabric. That's always fine. And I do, I do love lollies. That's my favorite. I've been to other people have mentioned other quilt shops in Shipshawana. I've been to all of them. I just really like lollies. I like the way it's laid out. I like the, the um, displays they put together, the little vignettes they put together. I, I just think it's kind of a cool place. I like the vibe. So that's, that's why I tend to prefer lollies. And if I can only go to one quilt shop while I'm there, like I did this time, it will be lollies and not the others. Um, and then, of course, I had my dinner at the Blue Gate. So that was your little bit of quilty talk. And I, I do actually have a little more because before I left town, I had gotten my order of superior thread. If you recall, I had um, succumbed to a sale in July that they had their Try Me specials on sale. And so I believe I did post in my blog about what threads I actually got. What I wanted to say a little bit about here was that I bought a, um, or I ordered with it, the thread therapy dvd with dr bob it actually came free um with the order that was part of the sale um and it was actually pretty good it you know that it's not just a sales tool for superior thread now clearly when he holds up the samples you know the examples of good thread you can tell it's a superior spool so there is that but the whole thing he, he's not constantly talking to you about superior uh, so a couple of the things that I really did pick up from it was um, he talks about how to tell a good metallic thread from one that is almost certainly going to give you grief. Now, that's not to say that a good metallic thread you will still not have an occasional issue with. But he does talk on that DVD about um, some simple things you can do in the store uh, if they'll let you actually pick up and unspool some of the thread. Some things you can look at to decide, is this just going to be miserable or do I actually have a fighting chance with it so that was one really helpful um, thing that came off of that uh, DVD another thing and I've been playing around with this my Janome 6500 I can only it does not have a vertical vertical horizontal yeah no horizontal it does not have a horizontal thread holder it's completely vertical um, most machines are actually the opposite. They only have a vertical one and you have to buy a thread stand to do the horizontal. No, they only have horizontal ones. Like I said, still recovering. Um, they only have horizontal spool holders and you have to buy an actual standing spool holder to get it vertical. Mine's only got vertical. I don't have horizontal. Well, there are certain types of, most of you may have heard that depending on how the thread is actually wound onto the spool, you'll have more success with either a horizontal or a vertical spool holder. Now, fortunately, and I think this is probably why Janome did this, and I don't know if, I don't think all Janomes do this. I think just certain models do that only have the vertical. Um, most threads can deal with a, a vertical. Some, if you've only got a horizontal holder, there are some threads that will give you grief because they really want to be vertical. Now, that being said, there are still some spools that would be better horizontal. So what I've been kind of playing around with is whether there's a way I can thread my machine a little bit differently to sort of mock 
that horizontal holder. Um, I haven't been able to really test it. Like I said, I just got that stuff right before I went out of town. So I'm going to do a little more testing with that. Um, basically, spools that are cross-wound, in other words, you can kind of see the X's in the thread design as it's sitting on the spool, should be threaded so that the thread comes off the top of the spool. Whereas the, thread, the spools that are straight wound, the ones that the um, thread is simply wound around straight on the spool, those should come off the side. Those should be on a horizontal holder. So again, with my machine only having vertical spool holders, um, especially like it's never been an issue for me really that I know of, but I thought, okay, if I could figure out maybe how to rethread and skip one part of the loop and maybe have it go through this other loop first, maybe I could have it actually kind of coming off the side. So I, I, I don't know. If any of you have the Janomis that only have a vertical, have you ever tried to do anything that might make it more of a horizontal thread? Let me know. I'd be interested. Fortunately, my beloved Aurifil needs to be vertical anyway. So that, <laughs> that one, I'm good. Um, so anyway, I would say that was an interesting DVD. I did learn a fair amount about thread. Um, it did make me want to order one more kind of superior thread to test it out, but I haven't done that. I'll do that next time I do a Try Me special. Uh, so that was that. And I have been making a little bit of progress on my craftsy classes, mostly the cooking ones, because those are always a little bit faster for me to, you know, I cook. So I throw together a recipe. I did a fire up the fish, um, which is all about grilling fish. And I posted my review on that this week. That was wonderful. Really enjoyed that meal. Uh, tonight, I just tried one from my soup class um, with some success. There's some things I would want to probably do a little bit differently. So I might be working my way up to doing a review on that class, or I might wait till next week because there's one more recipe I really wanted to try before I really did a whole review on that. So I might wait for that till next week. And I am still working on my thread art quilt because, of course, I wasn't home to work on it. So that I'm not sure if I'll get to that this week. I might um, more likely next week. And again, my husband's taking me out of town this weekend just for a couple of days away, he and I, so um, not going to get anything done this weekend, but then I think he said he might be out of town next week, so I might get some sewing done next week. Uh, so that's all of my life in a nutshell. I'm sorry that this was mostly personal, and I'll put a note to that in the show notes, so those of you who aren't as interested in personal stuff can just, you know, bag it, move on. My next one will be much more interesting. <laughs> um and let me see, I've got a lot of listener feedback, of course, since I haven't podcasted in a while. Let me see if there's a way I can do this and still stay under an hour. Hang on. Okay, I'm not going to be able to um, respond back to everybody, but there's a handful of people that said particular things that I wanted to respond to. Uh, thank you to the e for the email, Mary, who said, uh, she said, when I first started listening to you, I thought, gosh, she sounds so familiar. Then I realized that you live near Rochester. I grew up in Penyan, so it must be that I recognize that old familiar New York accent. Um, and we had fun emailing back and forth with jokes about living in Western New York <laughs> versus where she lives now, which is Jersey. Um, so anyway, that was a very fun email conversation. Mary, thank you for emailing me. That was a lot of fun. Email me more. And Gretchen posted on my Craftsy Class Review Creative Photography with George Lang uh, blog. She says, so here's what I got out of this. What kind of parent hides the Easter egg in a bush with big, scary-looking thorns? Seriously. <laughs> yeah, well, that's me. 
Um, and actually, that, that picture does make it look, there's a lot of room between those thorns and that egg behind the thorns, but it didn't look like that. So that's always been one of my favorite pictures because you don't know whether his mouth is open because he's excited or whether his mouth is open because he's looking at those thorns. So anyway, those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you'll have to go back and look at the blog post. Um, Daisy posted, if you recall, one of our listeners, I'm sorry, again, post-board meeting amnesia, I don't remember who asked this originally, about bobbins and how you keep um, bobbins unwinding. Daisy, not very lazy Daisy, but Daisy W., had uh, posted a comment on episode 162 in which I live on emptiness and chaos about how she keeps her bobbins from unwinding. And she describes, and I've seen this um, before, I've not done it myself, but you buy the vinyl tubing where you get it from um, like Home Depot or someplace like that. It's a 10 foot roll and you can get it for about six bucks. She says, mine is five eighth inch outside diameter, half inch inside diameter. So that might be measurements you want to keep in mind. And then you cut it into the size of uh, that would fit between the ends of the bobbin, and then you slit it in the middle, and all it, it just kind of wraps around the bobbin. So that's the way she does it, and I've I've heard um, of other people doing the same. That seems to work well. Daisy goes on to say, also, I once broke a tooth on a Snyder's sourdough pretzel rod. Those things are a delicious, salty disaster. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's another person saying, stay away from the Snyders. Um, oh, which that was the other part of my July trip. When did my tooth break again? The night before I was supposed to leave. <laughs> so my dentist had to get me in for an emergency procedure on his day off at 8.15 on Friday morning. Um, this was before I left to go out of town. He got me in at 8.15 Friday morning to redo, um, rebond the tooth. It, it had broken again. All The original bond had just pulled away. So the tooth, just the part that he had bonded on just disappeared. Um, again, fortunately, not a lot of pain. Not it, Kind of an uncomfortable procedure. Not nearly as bad as the first time, but still no walk in the park. And then, of course, I had to drive for the first four hours of my trip with a numb mouth, trying to drink coffee without scalding my, t- my tongue. Um so anyway, that was my tooth ex- uh, experience. And thank you, Daisy, for your mention. And another thank you to Joan, who also posted a comment on the same episode. And she and her husband went to Burma, Myanmar, for two weeks when they were living in Hong Kong. And she's hoping I'm going to Bagan. The area is home to 100 plus beautiful temples and pagodas. If possible, treat yourself to a sunrise atop a roof. And yes, Bagan is on our itinerary. Um and in fact, this is the first time, see, most of my travel like this is for work. And so I tend to see things like the red light districts and the um, villages that are in abject poverty and the refugee camps. And I'll be doing some of that. Not, I don't think I've got any red light districts on the itinerary this time, um, but I'm going to be seeing some uh, refugee camps and things like that, doing some visits and talking to some folks there. And so I often get a not always the nicest view of a country and so this time we're also doing some of the just kind of out and out touristy things we're seeing the Shvedagan Poda uh, Pagoda and um, we're going to Bagan and Inlay Lake some of the places that are the big tourist spots in Burma for people from Burma as well their vacation areas so that'll be really nice Um, and I will be taking tons of pictures I'm sure so thank you Joan and by the way Joan I'd be interested in hearing about your life in Hong Kong as well um, Holly also posted on the same episode another way to keep bobbins with thread. She doesn't do this, but she found it 
Oh, during the last round of So Mama So giveaway, she saw this on somebody's blog, I think. And she posted the link to the blog post with the description um, in her comment. So you'll have to go to episode 162, in which I live in emptiness and chaos, and look for Holly's comment and find the link to where they talk about how they keep bobbins with threads. It looks like it's an actual uh, set of shallow shelves. Um, I've not had a chance to look at the link myself because, you know, I was out of town. So thank you, Holly, for that. And by the way, she says, I'm totally with you on the total disinterest in knitting. Needle, thread, and fabric are enough for me. Thank you for your support, Holly. Um, Sherry posted on the same episode whether the Halloween-like fabric I had mentioned was maybe the ghastly line. And yes, I believe it is. Thank you for giving it a name. Um, I believe that's what it is. She says, I have tried glitter, and it's probably both just me, but both glitter and any other metallic threads I've tried just do not work for me. They break and break and break. She's tried many methods over the years and still just does not get along with metallics. But she says, Aurafil doesn't like her machines either. So, again, you know, different machines take to different threads. So hopefully, um, I haven't tried the glitter yet, but hopefully I won't have a problem with it. So thank you, Sherry D. Noni also um, commented, she was actually, it was a running commentary from Noni. She was emailing me as she was listening to the episode. <laughs> it was kind of fun. Um, she s- says, use pipe cleaners to keep thread and bobbins together. And she said, in Michigan, they call the round bobbin holders bobbin donuts. I don't know if that's the official term, but that's what they say in Michigan. So pipe cleaners, she sent me a picture um, later and it basically you wind one end of the pipe cleaner around the thread and then you wind the other end of the pipe cleaner around the bobbin and so it does hold them together. So that's a good idea. Jana emailed me. She was the one who had won the four fat quarters in my last Quilty Resolutions giveaway and she thinks they're screaming, make a bag from us. So that's what they're earmarked for. Thank you, Janet. And as I always say, pictures, please. Sherry Kay emailed me about Shipshawana, and she um, goes there frequently. She loves the awesome fried chicken meal from the Amish restaurant, and she drives down just to have that. Uh, She likes Yoder's better than Lolly's. Sorry, I still like Lolly's better. And she mentioned several other places. So if any of you are heading to Shipshawana and want to know where to go, let me know and I'll put you in touch with Sherry because she would be a great tour guide down there. Thank you so much, Sherry. Um, and I wish I had had more time there, but we've already heard that story, so we don't need to. Uh, let's see, I've got to find the other email I wanted to reference. Hang on. Okay, I got an email from Margaret um, in Canada who said she last year she learned late in the game about the Band Books Weeks project, but it did get her thinking, and she wondered if Canada had a band book list. She couldn't find one last year. But this year she dug around a little bit more, and after she saw that Tanisha and I had officially launched this year, um, she found some information, and she said, FYI, and for those Canucks who might want to participate. Her word, not mine. Here's the scoop. In typical Canadian fashion, we don't have Banned Books Week. We have Freedom to Read Week in February, March of the year. A great way to keep distracted from the weather, she says. And she posts the um, link to that, freedomtoread.ca. Books are rarely banned in Canada, but they they have been and continue to be challenged. There is... In fact, a challenged works list, and she gives the link for that, which is far too long for me to give you and for you to ever remember. But she says if you click on the title of any given book on the list, you'll get details on the challenge and the results. 
We also track the banning of Canadian authored books by other countries, and she gives a link for that. And then number four is challenges to books and Canadian public libraries, and there's another list for that. So what I'll probably do is go back to my blog post about the Banned Books Week challenge and include this information, Margaret, there. Um, So thank you so much for that. Um, I did have a thought of, boy, do I do something again in February, March, but I I don't think I can. So (laughs) we're going to stick with the September, um, but you are certainly still able to participate in our Banned Books Week challenge and then hold on to your project until February, March, and then put it in your own public libraries in February and March in Canada. So that's something to think about. So again, I will add her information to my blog post. I really appreciate it, that, Margaret. And actually, I will say, there aren't a ton of books that have actually been banned in the U.S. either, and they're not banned nationally. No book has ever been banned nationally that I'm aware of, at least not in, you know, kind of more contemporary history. Um, It's just individual school districts is mostly what happens, and most of them are challenged not necessarily banned, but there are some that, you know, have been removed from shelves and that kind of thing. So anyway, challenge just means somebody's complained and it's had to go for review. Banned is where it's actually removed from the shelves of whatever library or school district is in question. And again, usually it's a school district. So those are the comments to which I'm actually going to respond specifically. I want to say thank you to everybody who did leave a comment or send me an email or whatever, even if I don't mention you by name in this episode, just because, you know, I'm coming up on an hour. But I I really, really appreciate it. I enjoyed reading them, especially while I was out of town. It was fun to see that somebody had left a comment on something um, and I was able to read about quilty stuff when I was in the midst of work. So thank you for that. I really appreciated it. Um, And by the way, there are a fair number of quilters on our board. So I did spend one breakfast talking about quilt projects, which was kind of fun. So that is it for this episode. Thank you for bearing with me on this episode that had so little quilty stuff going on, Um, but it's a new month and I'm home for a while. And so I'm looking forward. I've I've been getting my ducks in a row uh, for getting some work done on quilty projects. I just haven't gotten to them yet. But the next episode, I should have all sorts of good stuff to talk about. So until then, you know how to get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow the blog. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads, Flickr, all of those places. I'm sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group, and please do. I love looking at those pictures. And you can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us page on Facebook, or you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team and do good all over the world. And until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Thank you.